Hey guys, welcome back to 30 Something with Sunny. This is the podcast where we talk all about the things that make this stage in life so fun and so complicated. We talk motherhood, we talk self care, and we talk second chapters. Uh, changes or pivots people have made in their lives to uh, follow their passions or chase their dreams. I end up talking with a lot of really interesting people um, on this podcast because there are so many people that are doing that, making big waves and changes in the world. And today's guest uh, is no different. So um, if you've been following me on Instagram at all, you may have seen me asking for prompts for questions from this guest. Uh, Dr. Joseph Canizero is a doctor, a pediatrician that's been in practice in the Orlando area for 50 years now. He has seen a Literally, generations of children pass through his office. Um, in full disclosure, he is my my children's pediatrician and someone whose work I have come to appreciate and admire. And Dr. Canizero wrote a book called Answers for the 4A Epidemic, Healing for Kids with Autism, ADHD, Asthma, and Allergies. So backstory here, I was checking out at the pediatrician one day and I said, oh, you wrote a book. I didn't realize it. Let me take a look. Um, I, I browsed it and immediately reached back out to see if I could get Dr. Canizero into the podcast studio for an interview. And here is why. Um, these issues are more pervasive than ever in um in, in our children's generation and in our generation. And it was interesting to me to speak with someone from a holistic and integrative perspective on not only the potential issues that could be impacting these diagnoses, but also the treatments that he suggests. I am well aware that this is a lightning rod issue, guys. In fact, I got a very kind message from one of my followers on Instagram reminding me that this can be a very triggering issue for some parents, especially parents of children with autism. Um, I conducted this interview with objectivity and with those concerns and criticisms in mind. I think you'll find that um, Dr. C and I were able to have a great conversation that takes into account the fact that not everybody, you know, believes that there is treatment for autism. Not everybody believes that it's something that can be um, ameliorated or healed or treated in, in some way. I, I hear that, guys. So um, what you're hearing is Dr. Canizero's professional opinion. And this is... Um, his opinion that he's garnered from years of research and years of working with patients. So maybe this will be a chance for someone who is on the opposite side of the fence to just lend an ear to um, an expert who may give them a nugget of information they didn't know before. I am not out to change opinions. I am not out to change minds, but I am out to um, inform. And I have appreciated Dr. Canizero's work so much um, just from being a patient of his, um, over the past six years or so that I felt like this was a really great way to um, offer another perspective to parents out there. So in this interview, we discuss um, not only the book itself, um, but we also talk about very specific uh, supplementation suggestions that Dr. C has for children who may be dealing with any or all of these issues. We talk about dietary modifications, and there was a whole part that I dedicated to your questions that you guys submitted through my Instagram. I will let you know this. We did not touch on the vaccine content. Controversy. <laughs> I'm okay with a lightning rod issue, but I ain't okay with that lightning rod issue right now because I don't want to scare away, um, you know, anyone who might otherwise have been open to hearing this interview. So if you are a reader or a an Instagram follower who submitted a question that was directly related to vaccines, we did not address that. And I want to put that out in the beginning and let you know that because it is a very touchy issue and frankly, something that I, if we're doing, I feel like we need to um, have more of a panel discussion to represent many opinions. But everybody else who sent in a question, um, I got to it and I really appreciate you guys so, so much. The community behind this podcast is growing and I am grateful for all of your opinions and contributions. And um, yeah, just a special shout out to the 
one follower in particular who just opened my eyes to the fact that this is a very sensitive issue. So I hope that I did it justice. Um, I certainly really appreciated Dr. C's perspective on all of these issues. And I think you will find some very useful takeaways too. Again, you're going to get recommendations for some tests that you might be interested in running or some supplementation routines that you might be interested in implementing. So all kinds of very direct takeaways that you can get from this interview. So anyway, again, the book is called Answers for the 4A Epidemic, Healing for Kids with Autism, ADHD, Asthma, and Allergies. And I hope you enjoy the interview. This is Dr. Joseph Canizero. Hey, everybody. Thank you again so much for listening. I am Sunny. I am here with Dr. Joseph Canizero. As you heard in the in, uh, in the intro, Dr. Canizero is a pediatrician in the Central Florida area in practice for 50 years, and his approach to medicine is integrative and holistic. He takes a real whole body, whole person approach to uh, treating the children in his office. And Dr. C, I'm so glad you're here. Our, our you. kids, in full disclosure, have been patients of yours for, oh, goodness, I guess six, almost six years now. Yeah. Um, and so, guys, I, I said this a little bit in the intro as well, but just reiterating, um, I know that there are a lot of issues we're going to be covering in this interview that people have really strong opinions about, in particular with regards to autism. And Dr. Canizero is going to be addressing um, his own personal opinions based on his research and his decades of work with children. And so um, I just want to thank everyone ahead of time for their patience and understanding. I acknowledge, and so does Dr. C, that this is a very complicated issue. And we're going to be treating all of this with as much um, sensitivity and delicacy as possible. But um, I was in the office the other day. And, of course, Dr. C, we see you all the time with my three kids. And I noticed that you had written this book. It's called Answers for the 4A Epidemic, Healing for Kids with Autism, ADHD, Asthma, and Allergies. And um, what this book is all about, Dr. C, and correct me if I'm wrong, is about addressing what you perceive to be pretty common issues in children these days from right. a very sort of holistic approach. So can you tell us what, why you decided to write this book? Well, mainly because it, it is so extensive and so vast as, as, an, epi- in, as an epidemic because uh, all children are exposed to the, to the basic causes uh, of, of the problems, namely electromagnetic radiation toxicity and chemical toxicity. Um, and uh, and th- this exposure starts at conception and uh, it, uh, it is damaging to the central nervous system and, and it manifests with these, uh, uh, with these four conditions. Um, but that, that's why it is so, uh, th- uh, I, don't know, I guess maybe it's up to four million children are considered on the spectrum. Yeah, there's there's a lot of d- discussion and debate, and I'm going to dig back into something that you mentioned there as far as causes. I know people are um, always question if there's a specific cause when it comes to these issues that you listed, but um, there is a belief that these issues seem to be more common these days. In your experience, over, let's say, the past two decades, have you seen an increase in actual cases, or is it just that we are much more sensitive to our children's development than generations past? Well, there, there, more people are looking for it. That, that is a factor, but minor. It's just that the toxicity is increasing almost exponentially, and, and that's why we're, we're seeing so many more the rate at which we're seeing new patients has just escalated. Yeah, I, I want to ask you right off the top, too, um, 
And again, guys, we're going to get into the toxicity issue, which I know is is something that a lot of people are curious about or, or critical of. But I want to really get pe- people to understand where you're coming from, because you've been in practice, as we said, for so long. How many of the children that you currently treat, percentage-wise, would you say deal with one or all of these issues? Um, I th- Well, most of them have a little bit of all four. Yeah. Really? Right. And, and, and when you say... A little bit. Um, you're saying, you know, I, I know it's sort of different in relation to each one. Are you saying, like, for example, if we were looking at asthma, like, like maybe one episode every year? I mean, like, how do you measure if you are an actual patient that's diagnosed with one of these versus someone who's just sort of responding to what's happening in the environment around them? One of the major factors is the enormous, uh, the the uh, most serious epidemic for adults and children in America are allergies. And uh, allergies are the factor that um, uh, really set, set the ball rolling, so to speak, uh, in affecting the central nervous system, because that's where the pathology is. Um, I, I guess a lot of you have heard about leaky gut. What happens, uh, the allergies cause an inflammatory reaction in the gut with the, the allergic reaction. This jeopardizes the integrity of the gut wall and the space between the little cells opens, and these toxic substances get into the circulation and find their way up into the brain. And, uh, and, and, and that's, how it, that's where, where the leaky gut came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, it's, and allergies are a huge culprit in this, in this whole thing. You, you mentioned toxicity a few minutes back, and I, I, I want to talk about this. Um, I think I'm not personally a parent of a child who deals with these issues, but I'm going to approach this interview from their perspective, perhaps. I think there are some parents whose children are on the spectrum who hear um, words like environmental toxicity or you know that there may be a cause per se, and they become frustrated because they say, well, this is just um, something they were destined to have. I, it can be frustrating, I'm sure you can understand, for some parents to hear that because it makes them feel as if, oh my gosh, did I miss, did I do something wrong during my pregnancy? It, so it is a really sensitive topic. When you say toxicity, how do we know, I mean, like it seems like a nebulous term, how do we know what exactly we're being exposed to and, and how can that really be causing this stuff? Uh, it's just the, the effects of the radiation are, are so... Um so potent, uh, affecting the ner- nerve transmission, neurotransmitter signals, uh, and and it's just increasing uh, with all the um, uh, the machinery, if you will, or uh, instruments that that uh, give off the, the, the radiation. Have you seen? Uh, do you think? Have you seen a correlation in the increase of, for example, technology that is is around us daily? and these conditions on the rise, is there some research you've been able to tap into that shows that our exposure to this type of stuff is also increasing our risk for these issues? Yes, definitely. The, the, te- the cell phone is a prime example, which is a very dangerous, uh, and, and it emits all sorts of uh, wavelengths of radiation that uh, um, affect the central nervous system. Uh, cancer of the central nervous system has gone through the roof, has replaced leukemia in incidence of cancer. And what is cancer of the central nervous system? What's, where's, where's the origination of that? Like, uh, if you were... Just the, the way the, the radiation affects the neurons and the tran- nerve transmission. Uh, it's, it, it, it's toxic, and it, it basically kills the neurons. Mm-hmm. Well, why, uh, you know, why do you think it's become 
why do you think it's a difficult topic? And, and I'm speaking in particular reference to autism. Why do you think this has become such a touch button issue? I know that there was a big vaccine controversy and we're just going to shelf that topic. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that today. But um, this condition in particular gained a lot of uh, news coverage over the past, I don't even remember when that controversy happened. It was over 10 years ago now. The doctor was, um, you know, his license was taken away, all of this stuff. And, but that really did kickstart a conversation. Um, and I feel like parents either went into one camp or the other. They were either the, you know, of course they don't cause autism. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Autism is an inherited condition. And then you have the parents who splintered into the group of, uh, but wait, what if things we are doing can potentially make it better or worse. How do you tell people to find the middle ground and decide what treatment is best for their child? Well, well we, we teach the, the sources of the toxicity and um, help them uh, learn how to avoid. Uh, we have handouts that list substances to avoid, uh, et cetera. Uh, and uh, that, that has a huge impact on, on reducing the incidence. Um, for instance, um, the, uh, I'm in touch with, or I've found, uh, companies that make textiles and, uh, uh, and fabrics, and they're weaving metal into the fabric, uh, because metal would, is, is a protector uh, against the, the radiation we're exposed to. And they're putting it in undergarments, where it's the most important place to be, uh, because the garments are in, t in contact with our skin. And these networks uh, that um, companies are putting together, the 4G networks, are uh, with six-foot towers that number into the thousands. Uh, the exposure is just is just going to become even more mm -hmm. more uh, um, damaging, if you will. Uh, so to, to we we teach our families to um, buy clothing made by the the companies that have weaved metal into the fabric that uh, they make the clothing with, as an example. Um, as a protectant, is what right, you're saying. Right. Um, I, I want to dive into ADHD in particular. Um, in your book, you list several, I think there were six different types mm -hmm. of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. Mm -hmm. um, so let's run through those. I personally did not know that there were multiple types of ADHD, and you hear People talk about this quite frequently. They, you know, in jest will say something, oh my gosh, I'm so ADHD, or I'm, you know. Uh, first of all, how do you tell if someone, what are the classic symptoms of a child who might be dealing with ADHD? Uh, classically, uh, there's uh, children that are anxious. Um, the uh, children that fall into the category of having the allergies. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, I, I have here classic, uh, the core symptoms are hyperactivity, restlessness, impulsiveness, disorganization, and trouble concentrating. You also talk about a second type of ADHD, which is called inattentive. What is that all about? Uh, that's the major uh, factor, <clears throat> inattention. Um, the, the, these children are very, very distractible. Um, and, and again, it's, uh, it's due to what, what's, how they're being affected in, 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 the, in the brain by the uh, the, the principal causes of it. What about over-focused ADHD, which is the third type you run through? You say here the core symptoms, um, trouble shifting attention. You get over-focused. You get it locked into a negative thought pattern. That is, you would classify those symptoms as the third type of ADHD, which is over-focused. Uh, number four, you said temporal lobe. 
um, which have the core symptoms, plus severe behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. uh, limbic ADHD would include depression, moodiness, sadness, and then emotional the sixth issues, yeah. emotional issues. And then the sixth one you you discuss is called Ring of Fire. It has the core symptoms plus uh, disinhibition, disinhibi too much brain activity, anger, and aggression. So, are, do you really see patients that have Dif differentiating types of ADHD quite frequently because for so long we were taught that it's just one umbrella issue. Right. No, I see features. I see children that have features of three or more of them, um, and that and that's I'm I'm seeing it more and more. That that's just the, the way that they've been classified mm -hmm. based on uh, uh, how, so how they made came up with the diagnosis. So what's step one in treatment? If you have a parent who comes in and says, you know, my child ticks several of these boxes, where do we start if they don't want to go the route of medication? Well, everything starts in the gut. So our major focus initially is to heal the gut as best we can and sustain gut health. That's a real challenge um, uh, to sustain gut health. And it's done with dietary modifications and after uh, in-depth testing, uh, the holistic integrative testing is very, very extensive. We find deficiencies and correct the deficiencies using the supplements. How do you find what, like, how do you find out what's going on in someone's gut? Because we hear a lot of talk about healing our gut these sure. days, but is there a test that shows you a baseline of where Stool a child analysis. stands? Okay, so that's something you would start with, and then you would sort of recommend supplements beyond that. Right. And hey. It's a 15-page report when we get back the results of the stool analysis. That's how in-depth the, the, the testing is. Is anyone's gut really healthy these days? Are we all impacted on some degree by... Depends. If you're into the standard American diet, you're certainly more vulnerable to, sure. to suffer. Uh, organic, uh, of course, organic is the way to go as, as, as much as we can um, with, with the foods that we eat. Uh, but the main thing is to measure what's, what, what's, what deficiencies there are and then direct our efforts to correct the deficiencies. And that works the best. And for, what are some typical supplements you've given, in addition to a probiotic, to children who deal with ADHD in the past? Assuming you got back their stool samples, you analyzed their gut health, you already started the probiotic, what are some other supplements that might be beneficial? Uh, enzymes. <clears throat> uh, de definitely in all the patients we, we supplement with enzymes. Um, there's a, an amino acid called glutamine, which is one of the most important glutamine in the gut. We, we supplement all children with that. Um, and then, um, again, based on, uh, uh, on what we see, uh, we, we, if they, they're lacking magnesium, we'll supplement magnesium. Mm -hmm. Or if they're low in magnesium, I should say. Um, or any of the other minerals, uh, we'll uh, put them in a form that um, uh, it, it's e easy for compliance to, to occur. Most of the, our families... Uh, uh, the parents were uh, very good at uh, having the making, not making, encouraging the children to take the supplements. And we work with uh, uh, compounding pharmacists that can um, uh, combine a lot of the supplements. Like if a child has six or seven, they combine it into one liquid mm -hmm. and flavor it accordingly. And that works beautifully to help with compliance. Yeah, there were a lot of questions that I got in regards to this particular issue. Parents who of ADHD children who do not want to go the medication route initially, um, supplementation, gut health, what beyond that can they try um, if they choose not to medicate? Biofeedback. Uh, we, what is that? All, all children uh, um, 
part of the part of the plan includes biofeedback, at least to look into it, where uh, a real skilled technical type person uh, trained in this will do brainwave studies, and then based on the brainwave activity, will write a software that um, will. Um, uh, and all this nowadays goes to the home, and uh, the 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 the, the uh, technician goes there and shows the parents what to do, and he, he puts the software into a, into a movie, and there are prompts in the, in the movie that the, the child is, is, uh, is told, instructed, to do certain things, and it's amazing how this works in a non-invasive way. That's, sure. I've never heard of that. That sounds like a sci-fi movie. That's crazy. It's like reprogramming through, is it something with a visual stimulus and the direction following that's altering something in their brain? Exactly. And okay, so let's say you have a, you know, a parent who, who's doing all this and is seeing some success. Mm-hmm. Um, is this something they would do forever? Or do these symptoms of ADHD ever go away in it, your experience? Oh, no, definitely. It's com- totally reversible. Um, the, the time frame varies with uh, compliance, compliance issues, dedication, and and we we treat families uh, in in, uh, in our, our practice, and uh, give the parents support and educate them as, as much as, as much as possible, uh, and once they ha- develop confidence that these um, modalities work, then that just enhances the results that we see. Uh, and uh, they're, they're very dramatic. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So out of the ADH, ADHD patients that you've treated with, uh, for example, supplementation, um, checking of the gut health, biofeedback, what percentage would you say see a marked improvement? I would say 65 to 75%. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't, I mean, is there a time where you recommend medicating a child? In an acute situation, uh, for instance, if... Uh, uh, like with uh, mood lability, uh, where kids get into certain moods, um, we'll, we'll use a mood stabilizer, which is a pharmaceutical, mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, to calm them uh, so that they're, they're teachable, mm-hmm. et cetera. Yeah, so you do find there's a time and place Correct. for certain medications. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to give anyone the impression that, you know, Dr. C or anyone here is is against that, but I just find it interesting that your team runs through every other possible option, which I know a lot of parents are grateful for when it comes to treating their kids. Let's move on to asthma. This is also something I do Can feel I like even one other thing? oh, absolutely about yeah. ADHD. Um, we, in uh, integrative medicine, we avoid the stimulants. Uh, oh, that's important. Yeah, the, the, the pharmaceuticals uh, at, at all costs. Um, we may have to sometimes start them on a stimulant. Uh, and, and keep them on maybe for around three months. It may take that long for them to build up therapeutic levels of the uh, nutraceuticals, the supplements, the minerals, etc., uh, that, that we use to treat. Um, there, there, there's a lot of risk with uh, with the stimulants, um, and there really there's no sustained benefit. You know, after a while, the, the stimulants uh, uh, cease to work. Uh, there's health risks like high blood pressure, cardiac risk, a risk of psychosis, weight loss, difficulty sleeping, and uh, the development of ticks. So we, uh, um, again, avoid the pharmaceuticals uh, as, as best we can. As best you can. Okay. I want to talk about asthma next. Um, 
even sort of anecdotally speaking with other moms on the playground, it does seem like something that is also more common these days. Um, do you think gut health is the big culprit there too? Absolutely. Why, why does it always come back to the gut? That's so interesting to me. I know we're learning so much now these right. days about the importance of our gut health, but it really does seem like everything right. goes because back. The digestive system, the nervous system, and the immune system are one system. And they all make the same neurohormones, they all make the same neurotransmitters, and they're in constant communication. So it's, it, it's, it's, it's all together. That's the mm -hmm. mind, body. And that's the holistic approach too, right? right? So when you address these issues, I think for so long, many of us grew up in a world where we were treated for symptoms. We weren't treated for causes and we certainly weren't treated, you know, with 10, 15, 20 years down the road right. in mind. Um, I, I, very quickly, before we go on with asthma, I want to talk about this since we're on this groove right now. The holistic approach is gaining a lot of popularity among my generation of parents. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, they're, they're seeing that, it, uh, um, that it's working, uh, and it, it provides so much more benefit. Mm -hmm. The you know, conventional medicine is acute care medicine, and it's very, very important. And we need conventional medicine if you're in an ICU, because you need medications, you need various diagnostic uh, procedures and such. And it's very important uh, that uh, uh, the acute care model is, is, is very important. But for, for maintaining health, and uh, sustaining health uh, for uh, a, a treatment program, uh, the integrative model is far superior. It's the best uh, preventive medicine model on the planet. Why do you think it gets so much flack? I'm sorry? Why do you think this uh, way of practicing medicine gets so much criticism? Uh, it might be the influence uh, of the pharmaceutical uh, industry uh, with... Uh, um, I think that that might be a, right. a factor. Let's talk more about asthma because um, I I can think of three people right off the bat who's you know kids or they personally deal with it during allergy season. What can we be looking at as far as supplementation or testing to address the symptoms? The uh, anything on the planet can cause what we call bronchospasm, where the muscles that line the muscles that form the wall of the uh, tubules. Uh, um, uh, become, um, they contract and reduce the diameter of the airway. Uh, and the inner lining of the breathing tubes, the, the bronchioles, are covered with a mucous membrane that swells and becomes inflamed. So there's inflammation and there's bronchospasm. Um, and anything can, can, can cause it. Allergens, pollutants, contaminants, mold spores, um, uh, anxiety. Um, oh, that's interesting. Asthmatics can have um, problems during final exams. They'll get asthma attacks. Wow. Yeah. Um, so do you suggest um, if, if a patient, if a child is showing no classical symptoms of an allergy, I know some there are some doctors who just sort of preemptively run allergy tests to see if there's anything someone might right. be allergic to. Do you recommend parents do that? Or do you just recommend to see if they are displaying any asthmatic signs before they yeah. go ahead with that. Yeah, there's, there's intolerance and there's sensitivity and then there's allergy. The, the end result is all the same, uh, the, the bronchospasm and the, and, and the inflammation. Um, and um, the, uh, um, I, I lost my, what was the rest of that you asked me? So do you think that their parents should be preemptive in testing for this or do you think they well, definitely, should? Definitely, definitely, yeah. because uh, we can do elimination diets, with desensitization uh, and rotation and um, uh, rotation and desensitization, and 
they, the child is no long, will no longer react uh, to that particular food. It, it's very, very effective, and it's very popular in integrative medicine circles. And for asthma in particular, is there any well. other... It, but you always would obviously suggest they have their inhalers. I mean, there always needs to be, like you said, an acute treatment for an actual episode. Right. But um, have you ever... Uh, how else have you successfully treated children with asthma in particular? A good example is the most common cause of asthma attacks under the age of six are viral infections. And uh, I have a whole food supplement that I recommend to our, our families uh, that really enhances the immune system. And uh, these, these children under six years old, once I put them on that, they didn't need their asthma medication any longer. Wow, that yeah. sounds miraculous, in yeah. fact. Um, so you do really believe it all comes back to what's happening in, in your gut, in your systems. Absolutely. Um, and the final one, uh, you know, we've, we've sort of danced around this in the beginning of the interview, too. Um, autism. Um, some statistics suggest that it's as common as, common as one in 59 kids or one in 60 children in America today. So it's a widespread issue. I know you see children who are on the spectrum at various um, points. How do you, what would your initial um, assessment of someone who suspects their child might be on the spectrum look like? Uh, we would look, uh, uh, we would look at uh, autism has a, behavioral component, a sensory component, um, a social component. Um, and once we, we see, start to see signs, then we would uh, approach in a uh, multidisciplinary fashion uh, to address you know, each the sensory issue. Uh, we have uh, occupational therapists that are uh, sensory integration uh, therapists, and uh, they can uh, desensitize uh, the, these patients. Um, so again, it's, it's a multimodal. Right, right. Okay, so let's start here. Say you're the parent of a child. At what age do we begin to be more keenly aware to look out for symptoms, and what exactly are we looking for? Well, the age typically that uh, is, is around 18 months, around 15 to 18 months. This is why the, um, uh, the measles uh, vaccine was uh, incriminated as a cause of autism. Um, but that's only one toxic element. And it, uh, and it, it, it was really over-exaggerated. It really wasn't um, vast, if you will, uh, as, a, as a cause, uh, the, the measles in, you know, vaccination itself. Uh, it's just a, the, the sum total of all the, the toxic uh, exposure. Yeah, so, so you're saying that that was just one element in what may have been an already, in your opinion, overexposed child. Right. And a predisposed child, in, 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 with that environment uh, that they're exposed to, then it starts the, uh, uh, typically it's called regressive autism, where all the milestones that were achieved up to that age, they start to regress and lose them. Hmm. And it's very disheartening for parents to, to see that. Absolutely. Yeah. What what particularly are they looking for in types of behaviors? Um, the, what would the parent of a of an autistic child be seeing at that stage? Because I think parents want to know what to look out for. Uh, it's just it, it becomes uh, like uh, unresponsiveness. I know I hear exactly. a lot of a lot right. of people talk about. Oh yeah, and then problems with speech that they had achieved. You know, a, a certain level of speech and language development that regresses. Uh, and their social skills, uh, 
really kind of go out the window, and you'll see them uh, where they uh, will parallel play instead of join in and you know mm-hmm. play with other children. Yeah. At what age should be? I know there's a there's a stage of development where parallel play is more common and more expected. At what age should there be more integrative versus parallel four. play? At four. four. Okay. So that's the sort of marker to look four, for. Four. They they want to be accepted by their peers, and they're more more uh, likely to uh, uh, comply with with social rules. Mm-hmm. So you would bring, um, you know, I know that you see patients from birth through through anyway. 18. Um, what is a classic, I don't want to call it a treatment plan. I, I said at the beginning of this interview that there, um, you know, there were some concerns from my listening audience about the way we were approaching this issue in particular, because frankly, there's some parents out there who say there is no treatment for autism at all. It's, it just is what it is. What do you, last, what is your response to that? Well, the last thing we would ever get into is psychotropic drugs, because those are very dangerous. We would never use those drugs to treat it. Um, is there a treatment for autism, though, in your medical opinion? Dietary, yes. We address the gut. Everything starts in the gut. Dietary modifications and supplements based on laboratory study results. What about to the parents who say we've tried all of that? Like we have run through the test and the gut is fine. We have done dietary modifications. We have done speech therapy, occupational therapy, but yet these symptoms persist. What do you say to a parent in that situation? We really don't. We really don't see that many for that to happen, so the, at least the, the ones that we're, we're treating. And uh, the, uh, the big ace in the hole, so to speak, is the stem cell. And that's going to become more and more available and less and less expensive. What are they doing with stem cell therapy in regards to um, treating autistic patients? I, that, I don't understand how that would – how does that work? What they do is they, uh, they used to use bone marrow cells, but now they use uh, – they just draw, draw blood – and they spin it down, and they, they harvest the, the immune cells, and then grow them in media, and then uh, treat those cells, um, and then give them back to the patient. And so... And the brain is always in a, in a state of growth. Oh, that's and interesting. We'll, they'll establish new neuronal pathways by re-injecting the, the cells that have been treated. Wow. And this is happening now? Yeah. Is it, is it an FDA-approved... No, not, not yet. Okay. Not, not yet. Again, it's in uh, a huge clinic that's being built as we speak. It's in the Dominican Republic, and I'm, uh, and I'm uh, a close friend of the, of the director, and he keeps me uh, up to date on, on where they are. Are you able They're, to say the name of this? I don't know if it has a name yet. Um, they've, made incredible, uh, they've had incredible success with neurodegenerative diseases in adults, reversing Alzheimer's and um, Parkinsonism, Totally reversed with, with stem cell therapy. So if this were someone, something that a patient was so inclined to spend the money and time researching, could someone like fly to the Dominican Republic and have this treatment right now? Correct. Okay. Wow. That's interesting. Um, I, I, I want to just round out this topic in particular of um, your opinion of treatments of autism. And then I want to get to some questions that we got specifically from, from everybody who sent in. So just to round out, um, a parent of a child on the spectrum, you would ad- address the diet, you would address the gut health, you would address the speech and the occupational therapy and things like that. And you're saying that those are the starting points. And if any cl- systems persist beyond that, or if the child is still struggling in some way, then what is the next step, in your opinion, to take? Uh, well, sometimes, we, again, we need pharmaceuticals uh, to, to get the children through uh, 
so that they could, they, they're functional in school. Uh, and then uh, once we build up levels with the nutraceuticals uh, that we've, we've uh, found from studying, mm-hmm. uh, they do fine. What, what foods do you suggest um, children on the spectrum avoid? Any, um, I know gluten is always pointed out as like a big any, no-no for everything. but yeah, Any of the processed foods, you don't want, again, the standard American diet. Uh, the, the processed foods. So, like, what would a let, let's let's even break it down to more specifics because I love being as as specific as possible with my listeners. What would a brec a good breakfast, healthy breakfast for a child who has either dietary restrictions or is on the spectrum and is on some sort of an elimination diet? What would a good breakfast look like in your ideal world that would be beneficial to them and also avoid all these potentially triggering ingredients? Uh, uh, the, the, one of the most popular breakfasts is the high protein. So the high protein foods like a shake or. Like, uh, I mean, meat, the could egg. they just bacon and eggs, I guess? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, and, and so gluten is something you say to watch out for in particular? Well, the or with, with gluten is there's 10,000 different kinds of wheat, and the, the problem came up with the gliadins and gluten because of the processing of the wheat. And we tell families, find einkorn wheat, E-I-N-K-O-R-N. It's a primitive wheat that has never been processed, and people that are reacting to glutens will go on einkorn wheat bread and have no reactions. That's interesting. I'm jotting that down because I did a a 23andMe test recently, and it said that I have a gluten allergy. And you know that I'm Italian. I eat gluten from a.m. to p.m. every day. And I said, well, that can't be good. I've got to make some changes. So einkorn flour, wheat, einkorn wheat, is that what you said? Oh, yeah. Okay, I'll look that up. Um, Okay, any other potentially um, problematic foods for children on the spectrum before we move on to these specific questions? Um, well, dairy, um, you know, dairy, a lot of parents we send, we, we, we know farmers, dairy farmers, goat farmers, and they get the milk right from the barn. Um, the, uh, the, dairy, um, the dairy issue um, I, we came about because of um, uh, the way the, uh, they process milk. Uh, that, that's part of it. Uh, but d- dairy is a good food. Um, but a lot, a lot of our families go to the... Uh, um, Plant-based beverages. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best is, um, uh, well, I'll think of it. In Almond milk, I hear, is, um, uh, yeah. but but then I heard there's a crap ton of pesticides in almond milk. And so I said, well, what's next? I moved on to oat milk. But I, again, I'm not a medical expert. Obviously, don't listen to me. But that's the criticism I'm hearing lately of almond milk. So should we, what do we move on to if we can't do almond yeah, milk yeah. now? Uh, any of them that are organic. Uh, organic, plant-based. okay, that's a yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into let's get into our questions we got from my Instagram followers. By the way, if you send in a question, I am so grateful. If we don't get to it today, go ahead and send it to me, and I will just bother Doctor C at another time <laughs> and get the answer. But the first question was: This kind of ties into what we just discussed. Um, has your research shown that nutrition can have an impact on kids with autism and ADHD? If so, how? And what dietary changes do you suggest parents start with? So has your research shown that diet impacts ADHD Absolutely. and autistic children? One of the things, a major thing to look, look at is the, is the Mediterranean diet. The Mediterranean pyramid is a good basis, uh, place to start. But the plant-based whole food diet is, um, is, is, is critically important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you see the, the Mediterranean pyramid, the bottom is all the fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds. I mean, uh, how do you get kids to eat that, though? You know what I mean? I'm thinking, <laughs> like, it well, is great for us as adults, but, like, what could we make in a good, healthy lunch, for well, example? Because you, you can't do PB&J. The blender, 
and, and you, you blend things and, and see, see their reaction to drinking a lot of the things that they're not eating. Um, and also, if you have a dehydrator, you blend up a lot of the foods they're not eating and put them in the dehydrator, and in eight hours you have a roll-up. Oh, that's interesting. You get them used to the fruit roll-ups that you can find anywhere. The blueberry, the strawberry, they love them. Get, get them used to that consistency, and then you make your own roll-up, which is a lot lot more nourishing. That is a really good takeaway, Dr. Yeah. C. Look at you. Okay, and so those are the dietary changes you suggest parents start with, sure. is try to make smoothies, blend things. Is yeah. there any, like, star ingredient that you think well, yeah, the, parents the, need to work in? The basis of the pyramid, I, I mentioned the nuts and seeds, etc. Uh, and then the next part of it is uh, fresh seafood and poultry, uh, is, is, is the neg- which we, we recommend. So you're okay with chicken and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, I, I would guess probably not like processed chicken nuggets that no, I no, feed no. my kids. Breastfed, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, number two, one mom has two sons diagnosed with ADA, uh, I'm sorry, ADD and dyslexia. She says she does not want to medicate and wants to try a holistic approach. What would those first steps be? Again, the, uh, the dietary modifications and the laboratory testing and then the, the choice of the supplements. The laboratory testing, again, addressing the health of the gut. Right. And, and get on the supplementations beyond right. that. Okay. That you said, form- what was glutamine was the supplement in particular that you mentioned they check out? Amino acid, right. Amino acid. Glutamine. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your opinion of applied behavioral analysis? It's a technique where a therapist studies a child's behaviors and puts into place other behaviors to counteract it. Do you ever work with ABA? Um, I've seen so much success with that and so many of our patients are in those programs. I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I can't get into detail because I don't, I don't practice it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's based on a principle of learning to change uh, behavior of social significance. Uh, you change behavior by assessing the functional relationship between a targeted behavior and the environment. You develop socially acceptable alternatives for aberrant behaviors. Mm-hmm. So in sen- essentially ABA. we're teaching them how to act in certain situations. Right. And you've seen success with ABA. Big time. Okay. Um, all right. S- next question from our listener is, um, oh, this is interesting. Okay. This is a little like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't know, controversial. There are some people who believe that certain types of water particularly ones with high concentrations of silica, can help children with autism. Have you ever heard of this, and do you agree yes. with this? Yes, I have, because silica removes aluminum, and the number one cause of all neurodegenerative disease in the world is aluminum. What? So we should not be cooking with aluminum foil. Exactly. Don't cover the turkey with aluminum. Cover the turkey with uh, um, cheesecloth and oh, cheesecloth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I have heard of that. Okay. So... Um, should how if if we're not buying, I think there's certain types of water on the market that have silica in them. But if we're not going to be buying that because of whatever reason, is there a silica supplement that people can be taking? And do you suggest that? Uh, you mean to to remove silica? Yeah, to to add silica that would, like you said, sort of counteract what you say is the aluminum. No, I'm not aware of it. No, okay. All right, we'll look into that. Uh, what supplements would you suggest for a young child diagnosed with ADHD? Two characteristics of autism, I'm taking this uh, listener's direct words, which the mother says are more apparent when his allergy and asthma are also acting up. 
She says it's overwhelming to figure out which supplements to take and which foods to eliminate. So where would you suggest she start to see an impact? Again, he displays only certain characteristics of autism. He also was diagnosed with ADHD. And she said it sort of is more apparent when his allergies and everything are acting up as well. Yeah. Uh, first is, is to find the, an integrated physician and because the, the, the holistic integrative model is the only one to, to uh, approach the problem. Um, the, uh, uh, and based on our testing, et cetera, we'll, 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 we'll come up with the, the, the nutraceuticals mm -hmm. that are going to help tremendously and, of course, the, the dietary modification. Let me ask this, too. Is, this ever, um, is there ever a scenario where you see a child grow out of typically classified ADHD symptoms? Definitely. Is it just it, really? So it can just, they can just grow out of it? Right. Absolutely. That's interesting. Okay. Um, the last um, submitted question we have. Okay. So this, <laughs> you guys are going to have to bear with me because there's a really long word. I'm probably going to mispronounce it. Okay. One boy um, whose mother wrote into me has an allergy related disease called EOE. It's eosinophilic esophagitis. I am not a doctor, but I gave it my best shot, people. <laughs> He's already on a huge elimination diet, including a supplemental formula because he can eat so few foods. His mom says he's on a vial of oral steroids that he has to take twice a day, and she mixes it with Splenda, which adds up to 10 packets of Splenda per day. She says she's concerned about the long-term outcome of this treatment route, and she is asking what you would suggest from a holistic point of view. Again, the condition was called EOE. Right. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, first of all, EOE uh, is uh, typically seen in kids that are like two and a half years old. It starts with eczema at four in the four-month-old babies. Then they develop uh, immunoglobulin E food allergies at a year of age, asthma from age one year to 14 months, allergic rhinitis or inflammation of the nasal passages at two years, and then EOE. Um, and I would address EOE, if the elimination diets, if they're, done, if they're done properly with a good, what we call rotation and desensitization, because desensitization works, uh, again, using the integrative model. Um, and we have a, a, uh, a technique, or not technique, it's a kit called Allergy Easy in our office, developed by a, a physician in Arizona who I met at a conference, a brilliant guy, where they take uh, most of the antigens in our area of the country and put them in a uh, put them in different vials, and you gradually give the uh, you follow the instructions and you consume uh, by dropper uh, these and you and you become desensitized to the major allergens in the southeast. I need to get the name of that. You, if you don't Allergy know it, easy. Allergy Easy is yeah. the name of the company that does this. Yeah, the name of the kit. The name of the kit. And is can this be found nationwide? I mean, is it something we can search? In fact, Pretty I'm going to sure. yes. pop open my computer as we speak. Allergy Easy. Um, so in, in other words, this is the treatment. Oh, yeah, Allergy Easy. So is this, this, I guess, is that desensitization therapy? You're saying it's like exposing the body to what would typically be the irritant and over time it becomes less of an issue exactly. so this is something they could look into and anything else any other advice you can offer this uh, this mom because I think her frustration too it sounds like is that he's on oral steroids is that a course of treatment that you would suggest a child be on for a long period of time and if not what else besides this um, 
immunotherapy or whatever, the allergy therapy you just mentioned, what else can they do? Well, yeah, the major uh, effort here is to get the child off the steroids. Okay. Uh, and again, it can be done with, with dietary modification and testing and then uh, correcting deficiencies. And your suggestion would be to just find an integrative pediatrician Correct. that will work with them on this journey. Correct. Um, I mean, I, gosh, I could keep going. I did have one more question that I'm pop open on my Instagram. Um, I want to ask you before we wrap up, though, is this, I know that not everybody, uh, I hate to say it coarsely like this, but believes in holistic medicine. Um, what would you say to the parent of a child who is considering switching over from a more conventional practice to, and not that you're on a, not a conventional doc, you're a, you're a doctor, but, and you prescribe medication when necessary, but I've always told my parent friends that the difference that I perceive is that medication or or prescriptions are, are usually used as a last resort treatment. That's how I describe what in, holistic is. And it also integrates supplementation right. and diet. How would you convince a parent to try this route? Well, the, the conventional medicine, again, is critical if you're in an ICU because it's pharmaceutically based uh, and we certainly need those drugs to survive in, in, a, in a, an acute in situation uh, in an ICU. Um, but um, the, uh, the our, our approach um, uh, looks at, looks at the root uh, root causes of the problems, and then eliminates the root cause, and that's why it's so successful. And you see, I mean, this this practice has been around long before Western and conventional medicine and, and medications were. So I, I'm certain you see this persisting, like this. There will always be doctors who treat in this way, is what I'm saying, right? Right. Um, okay, well, thank Dr. C. I really appreciate you coming in. Again, guys, um, the answer, or <laughs> not the answers, the name of his book is Answers for the 4A Epidemic, Healing for Kids with Autism, ADHD, Asthma, and Allergies. Dr. C., um, tell us where we can, if we're in the central Florida area, where else we might be able to connect with you and find your work. Uh, if, from our, our office, but you can go Amazon.com and then... Uh, type in the title. Yep, you're available on Amazon, and um, it is, it's a sturdy paperback. I've been jotting notes down in mine. I would also love to be able to give away a copy, so maybe we can snag one from your office and um, do a little giveaway if people follow you you guys on, on your social channels. So thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming thank in. Thank you. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of 30-something. I found this interview with Dr. C to be so um, interesting. And I really hope that if this is a treatment modality that you're interested in, that you'll reach out and uh, check out the book. We will be giving away one copy. So go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Sunny Abata. That's S-O-N-N-I. A-B-A-T-T-A, -T -T -A, and you will, um, I will put a post up through my stories to let you guys know how you can enter. Thank you again. A very special thank you to anyone who submitted a question that we were able to ask Dr. C. And if you have any other thoughts, you can check out his website, mycipc.com. It is uh, Dr. Joseph Canizero, and again, their office, if you're in the Orlando area, is in Longwood. Uh, so thank you to Dr. C and his staff for helping to set this up, and thank you for listening. I will see you guys next time with some good stuff. Thanks for listening.